Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Science of Success. Introducing your host, Matt Bodner. Well, 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 welcome to another episode of The Science of Success. And as you may or may not know listening to this, this is not your usual host, Matt Bodner. No, this is a special episode with me, your producer, Austin Fable. Matt and I have been doing a lot of planning about what's to come in 2020. And one of the things you can expect is to see a little bit more of me on the front of the mic. In the past, I've been handling a lot of things like guest relations, post-production. Matt and I are going to be doing a couple of additional things. We're going to be tag teaming interviews. And some interviews you'll even find are just going to be with me. Austin, I'm really excited to open up this dialogue with you all. I'm really excited to get in front of the microphone. As many of you may know, I've had a number of podcasts in the past. So being able to jump into this world of the science of success that I'm so passionate about is truly a huge honor. And I can't wait to open up the lines of communication with you. So welcome to the Science of Success, special Austin Fable Takeover. We are the number one evidence-based growth podcast on the planet. We have over 5 million downloads in over 100 countries, and today we have a very special guest, Angelo Poli. Angelo is an internationally recognized leader in the fitness industry. He is a Huffington Post blogger and wellness consultant specializing in postural alignment and nutrition. His clients have been featured everywhere, you know, everything from the cover of Sports Illustrated to Forbes. It's been seen on MTV, ESPN. Holy's latest venture is MetPro, which is an all-encompassing fitness system that can transform the way you look, feel, and perform. We'll get into that in here in a little bit. I would urge you to go sign up for our email list if you haven't already. We've got a ton of free goodies, including weekly curated content by me and Matt and our team, the articles, the podcasts, the videos that we've been listening to that have been really catching our eye and we've been learning a lot from, as well as a free course on how to create more free time for the things that matter most. Are you in the car right now? Are you at the gym? Not in front of your computer? That's fine. Text SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44. Two two two. We'll sign you up for the email list that way. Are you a fan of the show? And have you been enjoying the content that we put together for you? If you have, I would love it if you signed up for our email list. We have some amazing content on there along with a really great free course that we put a ton of time into called How to Create Time for What Matters Most in Your Life. If that sounds exciting and interesting and you want a bunch of other free goodies and giveaways along with that, just go to successpodcast.com. You can sign up right on the homepage. That's successpodcast.com. Or if you're on your phone right now, all you have to do is text the word smarter. That's S-M-A-R-T-E-R to the number 44222. Last week, we had a very special episode with Sean O'Mara. It's all about apologies and how we need to make apologies and what really the truth behind apologies are. I would highly recommend you check out that episode. But for now, 
We're going to dig into Angelo Poli. I hope you enjoy the interview, and I'm open to all of your feedback. Shoot me a message at austin at successpodcast.com and let me know how you like the interview. And I cannot wait to experience more time in front of the mic, bringing you great content and interacting with you. Without further ado, here's Angelo. Angelo, welcome to the Science of Success. Thanks for having me here, Austin. This is great. Yeah, it's great. I'm fine. I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. I've been looking forward to talking to you, and I, I would love to kind of start out, you know, really from ground one. So, you know, tell the audience, so who are you, and how did you get kind of on the path you find yourself on today with MetPro? I am nobody and a series <laughs> of unfortunate events and injuries in my personal life landed me on this path. But the path that I'm on, however, I think is something pretty special. I've really enjoyed being part of building a methodology, a means for people to reach their goals. We help people transform and it's what I, me and my team get to do every single day. Transformation can mean something different for everyone. You know, 85% of people who reach out to us are trying to lose that, you know, last few pounds, but transformation can mean improving performance, having more energy, being more equipped for the sport of life can mean any number of different things. And we do believe that there is a methodology and a science to most effectively getting you from point A to point B. And that's what we help people do. And I get to spend my days doing, I love it. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, some of the transformations are really just, I mean, they're eye-opening, they're incredible. And, you know, you've had clients be featured all over the place, you know, from the cover of Sports Illustrated to Forbes. I mean, the results really speak for themselves. And, <laughs> and it's obviously a passion for you. I, I'm curious to know, you know, was it like a moment in your life where you kind of decided, you were really going to give your physical health and, and your goals the attention that they deserved? There was one kind of longer term event and then one earlier moment that created the passion or maybe more aptly described as obsession in me. When I was young, I, I got my first fitness training client just by accident. And she was, she was a gal in her 60s. She, she smoked. She was overweight. She wasn't very healthy. We started working together and it was one of those fairy tale stories. It was a really inspirational. Uh, she, she lost 50, 60 pounds. She quit smoking. She married her high school sweetheart. I mean, it really couldn't wow. have been like, it was just like that perfect story. And so she said to me, Angelo, I, I have, I have another individual, a friend, actually some extended family who wants to lose some weight also. Can she join us? And she was younger and healthier, but had a good amount of weight to lose. And so we did the exact same thing, exact same exercise, exact same, okay, we're going to eat less sugar, we're going to eat more of this. She lost five pounds. Mm. So I had one client lose 60 and another do the exact same thing, who's younger, I might add, and only lose five. And at that point, I became obsessed with answering the question, why? Why is it you can have two different people doing the exact same thing and having two different outcomes? So that's why I just started on my journey that later led to education and teaching and critical evaluations of how we can identify the path that's going to be the most relevant for each person. And that was really getting back to the root of answering that early, early question. And I'll give the spoiler here. Everybody asks me, I've heard about every strategy out there. You know, there's every diet from ketogenic to vegan, from intermittent fasting to small meals, from clean eating to, I mean, you name it. There's every different program out there. And, and you know, which one's the best one? And my answer is all of them work. I have seen every single approach work for someone. Now ask me which one's the best for you and we can have a meaningful conversation. So that all comes back to that, that experience I had very, very early on. I mean, I was probably barely 20, maybe 21 at that time. And that's kind of what set me on my path. And then my late 20s, I endured a fairly debilitating injury that forced me into a unique experience. And as you, you know, you kind of hear stories from people overcoming certain adversities and how it grew into something larger. That definitely was unintentionally the case for me. So here I am, a personal trainer with a severe back injury. I couldn't even hand people 20-pound dumbbells. But I didn't want to leave the industry. And this had gone on for years. So I just specialized in the coaching, nutritional science, and strategy elements 
of fitness and transformations. And for years, that's what I did. I traveled, I did seminars, and I educated on the topic of, of technical transformations. And then, you know, in my 30s, I was able to finally get better. I had some fortunate interventions medically and, uh, and a lot of hard work in between the combination. I was able to get myself healthy again. And here I am now a decade later from that, applying the life lessons that were <laughs> that were cast upon me in my 20s. And I'm fortunate for it. I'm better for it, I think. And I'm, we're having a lot of fun. Such a fascinating story. And there's there's many chapters there and, and there's a lot to unpack. I think it's, it says a lot that, you know, you were on this path in your 20s, 21, getting your first couple of clients. But then as life threw you different curveballs, it, it forced you to sort of pivot the way you approached it. You know, you're in a scenario where you're, you're not even able to hand somebody 20 pound dumbbells, but you still find a way to be engaged, right? You find a way to be doing something that's going to move your goals and keep you involved in, in your passions forward. And it's, it's interesting too how, you know, we've, I just discovered something we have in common, but those injuries and those moments ah. really can define you. I, I remember I was about, 12 years old, I had a spinal fusion and I was having these crazy, wow. like it was kind of when your foot cramps and it sort of tries to bend itself backward, that would happen to my back, like in the middle of the night, random times. And they found that I had jumped off a 60 foot cliff into some water and essentially just disintegrated one of the cushions between my vertebrae. And oh, wow, so, what, what levels were fused? You know, I don't remember to be honest. It's in my lower back, and I've thing, I've, I've got them. Yeah, I've got <laughs> them in in some files somewhere. But it's just funny because before that injury, I didn't. I was very unhealthy, uh, and of course, I was only a, a teenager. But you know, I didn't really focus on health whatsoever or being active. I mean, aside from gym class, but. Essentially, I was told that we could either fuse my back, which they didn't really recommend at the time because of my age, but we luckily found a doctor who, who had some new procedure that we could perform. But basically, I was told that I, would, I wouldn't be able to like run a half marathon or like be involved in sports at 12. And you know, for a 12-year-old who's all about like, you know, Peyton Manning and football, it was, right. it was crazy. So when the procedure was done, I, I got really into, into sports and working out, became a wrestler, played football. And, and ultimately, about two years after my spinal fusion was, was back to, you know, doing more than I had in the past. And it's funny, I, I just think when, you know, hearing, hearing about your injury, like we definitely have that in common. And I think it's so it's such a common thread for people that are high performers in life, not classifying myself in that group, but you certainly that, that it's, it's a point where it's a point where, you know, you, a lot of people you can sink or swim or you can kind of bow out and find something else, but it shows real determination to stay on that path and moving forward. You know, my experience with people, and like I said, Austin, I, I am so fortunate. I do. I have the best job in the world. I get people from all over the world reaching out and saying, here's what I want. Here's what I want to transform. Help me get there. And it is a unique and thrilling journey for every single one of them. People that reach out to me, it, it's interesting because there seems to almost be this ugly shadow in, in the industry, fitness industry, medical community, where there's this kind of belief that, well, if someone doesn't have the body that they want, if they're not the weight they want, if they don't, don't have the health that they want, it's simply because they're just not willing to do what it takes. And don't get me wrong, I've been in this industry for 20 years, and I have seen my fair share of that. But by and large, I find that that is false. I find that really a more accurate description is people without a strategy, people without a belief system that they can embrace and confidence and faith in a methodology working are the ones that are unable to see permanent change. It's not that they're not willing to put in some effort. It's not that they're not willing to do some work. It's that they haven't been presented with somebody that's going to lead them there, give them the step-by-step -step, and give them the return on that investment because there's nothing more demotivating than really trying hard for something and not seeing it work versus if when you go to the gym and exercise, when you change your diet, you actually see results. Now, I don't mean overnight. It's not overnight, but you can see some measurable results. It is so motivating. More often than not, I find that people are willing to go the next mile, take those next steps. 
it's that there's a ton of stuff that you could invest yourselves into in the pursuit of better health, better physique, better self, but not all things return the same rate of investment. You know, you got a you got a CD that's paying one and a half, two percent, where you have this other investment over here that's 10xing your money, right? Most people just don't know which is which, and they invest 90% of their time and energy into the items that are only contributing 10% of their results. At MetPro, MetPro is short for metabolic profiling. That's what we insist that we relieve our clients from doing. We, We insist on not wasting time on the items that are not going to directly return on your investment and therefore motivate you to take those next steps. So maybe maybe my perspective is is unique, but I really believe that more people than who believe they can have the ability to really and dramatically transform their body, transform their health and see measurable results if they have the right strategy. I really believe that's the key. It's something I couldn't agree with you more and something we've explored on the show for over four years now is is this growth mindset, right? Like you are able, you're not just given a hand of cards and that's what you're stuck with. With the right strategy, with the right tactics and the right beliefs, you can make almost anything happen. And I think too, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned how, you know, not everything works for everybody and that's been a theme throughout our conversation. And I was fortunate enough, thanks to you all, to be able to go through a pretty like extensive amount of time with MetPro and, and it was fascinating to me nice. because I was, I'm kind of, for you know, obviously this audio, I'm about 5'10". I weigh about, I did weigh about 210 pounds and I work out all the time, but I'm, nice. I'm really not seeing any results at all. And so one of the things that we really worked on that's kind of shocked me a little bit was I was eating more food, like twice as much food as I normally was. I mean, there were times where I like wasn't hungry, but you know, you got to eat it. You got to eat, it. Yeah. eat it. And that's what I kept. I would send in like, you know, my food and whatever. And it was like, well, you got to eat some more vegetables or more grains. And, and it was just, it's interesting because, you know, the point we're making here is that it takes the right strategy and it takes the right learning, but you can, you can ultimately reach your goals no matter what. And so I'm curious, you know, my profile really kind of shocked me, but really what is metabolic profiling? Like what is the process of seeing like, okay, you are X, Y, Z. This is how you behave normally. This is your body type. This is what you should do. Like, how do we go about breaking that down? So I break it into five very important categories. Now, there's a lot more to it than this, but we can basically break it into five bullets. So I'll just speak briefly on each topic. Not everyone is going to have your experience. In other words, not everyone who goes, hey, I want to you know, talk to these consultants, these experts and find out about myself are going to be told you need to go and eat more. In fact, sometimes quite the opposite is we're being very structured and aggressive and and manipulating and calculating what they're taking in. In your case, without looking in depth at your profile, clearly what your coach was doing was ramping up your metabolic rate. So they were focused on creating contrast or leverage. So there's distance between what your intake is and what we would then change it to. And so they were identifying you need to eat more. And that's because at some point in the future, depending on what your goal is, I don't know if you want to lose 20 pounds, gain 20 pounds, we have that leverage to springboard from. But everyone's leverage point is different. So so to answer your question, the first thing we look at is what is your body type and what is your goal? So body type, you know, we can talk about ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. So we can talk about how each person is a sliding scale and you're not just one or the other, but you can have traits from multiple. But really, when I say body type, I'm talking about what is your genetic predisposition. Are you predisposed to gaining weight? Are you predisposed to carrying a lot of muscle? Are you predisposed to having skinny legs like me? (laughs) So, I mean, what is your genetic predisposition? So once we identify that, then we want to talk about your goals. And and I want to clear up what effective goal setting is. So effective goal setting is about deciding what you're not going to work on right now. That's effective goal setting. And here's why, because everybody calls me and basically says the same thing. Hey, Angelo, I want to get a little bit more energy. I want to drop a few pounds. I want to perform better and I want to transform and get leaner. 
I know. (laughs) Who wouldn't, right? We want all of those things. Now, the reason that you haven't achieved those to the degree that you would like in the past is likely because we were lacking enough specificity in any one particular area to dramatically force your body to adapt. Now, there are people that have natu- they're naturally genetically gifted and they can just, you know, dabble in a little bit of this and a little bit of that and see progress across the board. And if you are that person, more power to you. I've worked with a few like that. They're amazing. But if you're like all the rest of us, all the rest of us, especially, you know, over 30 or over 40, you're going to find that just a little bit of dabbling here or there doesn't always produce as dramatic of a result. So what we have to do is we have to specialize. So it doesn't mean that we don't care about your performance, your strength, your energy, your mile time, how much you're bench pressing, how much you're deadlifting. It doesn't mean we don't care about that. It simply means that if we determine that our initial focus is going to be dropping 15 pounds of body fat, everything about your meal plan design, your exercise design, your time management, and your overall strategy should be indicative of that goal. We're going to hit that goal. We're going to check it off the list, and then we're going to move on to, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? If you would like to lose a few pounds, if you would like to lean out a little, but really your main priority is PRing your mile time or PRing your marathon time, then we can dabble in the others, but your training, your nutrition, your lifestyle, and your strategy should all pinpointed reflect that our goal is to PR our marathon time. So deciding what our initial goal structure is, is critical because we don't have enough hours in the day. And biologically, we don't have the ability to recover from unending demand. So with finite recovery capacity and finite hours in the day, we have to figure out what it is we want to achieve and apply enough focus on those items to force them to adapt, to progress, to move. That's the first item, body type and goal. Did I make sense there? <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes here. I mean, I think there's a lot of things I want to unpack into effective goal setting and accountability. But yeah, continue. That, that was definitely very clear. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The next one is lifestyle. And so people will sometimes be taken back, you know, when they, if they reach out to any of our team and any of our professionals, you know, we say, we're going to do a one-on-one consultation with you. They're expecting to say, okay, here's my weight. Here's my BMI. Here's my current exercise program. We're like, that's good. I got it. But really what I want to know about is what's your work hours? What time do you go to bed? Are you married? Do you have family inside the house? Do you take meals with your family? Do you take meals out? Do you take meals socially? How often do you travel Uh, in your travel schedule? Do you eat out at? We want to, we end up talking even more about the lifestyle elements because that's really the battleground. People ask me often because they know that I'm a big fan of snacks throughout the day. And people say, well, science has shown this, science has shown that. And I'm like, yep. Then they ask me, why do you do snacks? Because people don't take snacks socially. They take them by themselves. And I love foods that people eat by themselves because (laughs) there's no peer pressure to eat something wrong. And honestly, that's the reason. That's the reason I do it. All the other reasons are great. Metabolically, it'll boost and you can control blood sugar and there's other benefits. There's other pros. There's other cons. All of those other reasons, they are dwarfed by the functional, practical application of I can make Johnny eat exactly what I want. If I want him to have some Greek yogurt, half an apple, and a handful of almonds, 
at 2.30 in the afternoon, I can get him to do that consistently. If I tell him that I want him to eat this, this, and this at dinner when he's out with friends or workmates or cooking with the family, that might be a little harder. So I will take what I can get. So practical application. And then people will say when at all on this kind of topic of lifestyle and knowing someone, I'll do these seminars, you know, executive retreats or things like that. And people say, Mr. Poli, I, I know of the, you know, the, the celebrities you work with or these athlete that you've worked with. And, you know, what's the secret to success? What do you have them doing in the gym or what do you have them eating? And my response to them is always the same. It's you're asking the wrong question. It's not about the gym. It's not about your food. It's about time management. Hmm. It is really about time management because the gym and the food and all of your best intentions don't happen without time management. And then people say, oh, I, yeah, no, I know how to do that. I know how to food prep and I know what's good to eat and what's bad to eat. And I, I believe you. I know you do. My job is to help you execute on what you already know fast. Speed is king. If you can execute quickly, if you have if you have an expert in your corner, a consultant, a coach who is teaching you the skill set of executing on just the right strategies for food prep, on just the right strategies for what you should and shouldn't be doing in the gym, it is all about speed because the number one reason someone didn't get to the gym, someone didn't eat what they were supposed to, someone didn't follow through with their strategy, the number one reason, I ran out of time. I got yeah. too busy. That's the number one reason. So it is all about lifestyle. That's really where the, the strategy component comes in. Then identifying, kind of leaving that, that's, that was the second category. Then going into the third, this, this has to do with the evaluation process for someone. And you can, you can do this at home. I mean, this isn't just for someone who's thinking about working with one of our professionals. I want everything we talk about to be applicable tomorrow for you. So I'll always try and put that slant on it. Are you strategic or metabolic? This is a little of pulling back the curtain and giving you the insights on how our experts work. So this is what our experts are looking to determine about you in the first phone call with you. Are you strategic or metabolic? And here's a hint, you're both, because everyone is both at different times. But roughly, are you the type of person who with the right exercise and with decent nutrition sees progress? Or are you the type of person that despite dialed nutrition, despite consistent exercise, you've experienced a plateau because that is two different strategies. That is two different programs. For one, we have to manipulate your metabolic circumstance. We have to actually challenge your metabolism to speed up and then create enough contrast and leverage, which I'll talk about in the next point. For the other person, it's not so much about, okay, we have to speed their metabolism. We have to alter their chemistry. No, it's simply about we have to create enough time and strategy for them to be consistent with clean eating and regular exercise. Here's how we're going to do that. So are you strategic or metabolic? And then that dovetails really into answering your ultimate question. How do you transform someone? How does someone see success? The answer is, I believe, is baseline testing. So Austin, I have literally dieted 20,000 people. I've been doing this for two decades. I have learned from that experience that I do not know what you have to eat to lose weight. If I'm using weight loss as an example, it could be anything, but 85% of people who call us up are struggling to lose weight. So I'm going to use that as our, as our vehicle for today. I don't know what you need to eat to lose weight. And the reason I don't know is because it is different for every person. And that's why it makes complete sense that there are literally a, a thousand different strategies and gurus saying do this and do that and they all contradict one another and there's no standard medically there's no standard in the fitness industry on what you should or shouldn't do nutritionally to lose weight because all approaches can work for a subset of people not all approaches have been optimized or tailored to what you need so the that is an un answerable question until we baseline test. If we baseline test, then I can actually say, 
here is where your body is today metabolically. I can't promise good news or bad news. It might be great news. It might be terrible news. What I can promise you is I can get accurate news. And at least armed with that accurate news, then I can lay out your options. So to illustrate, our baseline testing process years ago when it wasn't called MetMoro, it was just Angelo Poli coaching you know, Johnny, <laughs> that was it. But years ago when I started developing kind of a process in place, what I learned is that I had to create leverage and not everyone has the same leverage point. So I would baseline test. So I put them on a meal plan. I'd have them follow it. And then after a period of time following a meal plan, doing an exercise program, I would be able to assess how their body was responding and what changes we would need to make. It used to take me four to six weeks. I mean, that was a bummer. That sucked. But that's kind of the industry standard. Here, go follow this this diet or this meal plan or this workout regime, do this for four to six weeks, come back, we'll talk about your results and then and then make some changes. That was just too long. That I wasn't feeling that. So over time, I, I wrote the book, Metabolic Profiling, a checklists, and we were able to get that process down from four to six weeks down to seven days. Now, go follow this strict protocol do this, do that, the other. In seven days, granted, I don't have all data fields, but I have a good indication. Then with iteration, you know, time marches forward, we were able to introduce some technology. So with the aid of tech and algorithms, now we have that process down to about three, four days, usually about 72 hours. Now, I know there's going to be some naysayers out there, some listeners, some people maybe in the fitness industry that are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know if something's working in, in three days. And, and you are right. You do need more time for a full evaluation. But in 72 hours, using technology and our algorithm and baseline testing, we're able to identify enough markers to where we can begin making new recommendations with confidence in the 90 percentile accuracy. Just looking back at historically, here's what we have recommended. And over 90% of the time, 92, 94% of the time, it was the right recommendation given the data feedback we get in just 72 hours of engagement. And on the times we were off, we catch it in the next 72 hours. So it's not like, you know, two months later, we figured out we made a misstep. No, that's where the technology has really come of age. So practical terms. Now, did you, go, you went through at least a form of baseline testing, didn't you, Austin? We did. Yeah. We made a couple of pivots in my, in my diet for the first of all, which was I had to stop drinking Guinness, but that, that was probably, <laughs> that was probably the most difficult, difficult pivot, but we did go through yeah. a couple of times adding in, actually, I think it was more carbs, but they were, they needed to be the right kind of carbs, obviously. So that's interesting. So you would be among the, where I'm going to say, I mean, that's not unheard of, probably 25 to 30% where we actually end up increasing first step. But here's what, and, and full disclosure, if you love drinking Guinness, if you love this, you love, it's not that you can never have that stuff again. Sure. I am going to ask for baseline testing purposes. You have to give me three perfect days. So that means, <laughs> you know, doing without the the booze or without this or without the sugar for three days. If you can go three days and I can get enough baseline. So here's what that looks like. Basically, we're going to put you on a meal plan that's straightforward. It's been used not by just one or two people. This is a meal plan that, of course, is matched to your your age, your gender, demographic, and, you know, athlete, mid-30s, you know, circumstance, but has also been used to baseline test thousands of others. And that's relevant. So the reason that's relevant is because then I can take the data that I've gotten from them and say, okay, on this exact intake, and I know your calories, your macronutrient breakdown per meal, the glycemic load of meals, the intervals of time between them, we have everything measured. Now, when I get your results, I can compare your results to thousands of others who have done the same test and I can say, based on your average, male, mid third, whatever the case may be, female, mid 40s, whatever you land in, the average person loses 1.2 pounds in your demographic on this intake. You lost three pounds or you gained half a pound 
or whatever the case is, we're going to get a data point. And that's where it's neither good, it's neither bad, it's just honest. And it's not debatable. It's not, well, my opinion is this or that. I'm talking past tense, not what I think is going to happen. I'm looking back at what just did happen. And what just did happen was empirical data. So now we have that data and we're going to say, okay, based on your data, we need to make this, that, or the other change in order to drive you towards your goal of building muscle, your goal of, of losing 50 pounds or whatever goal it is that you have. And in that evaluation process, we reveal some pretty critical truths about your personal metabolism. We figure out if you have leverage. You've probably heard about the, the debate between what is it, calories or carbohydrates? Have you ever had that conversation with anyone, Austin? I haven't, no. Okay. So that's, that's a big, I mean, there's a hundred and one different strategies out there, but most diets fall into one of two grandfather categories. They either fall into calorie control or they fall into carbohydrate control. So there's a whole genre of everything from aggressive ketogenic to something more like the South Beach or Mediterranean diet, which are applying carb management all the way over to whether you realize it or not, intermittent or cyclical fasting, that is calorie control. Whatever brand or breed or style of the hotness of the month diet is out there, it usually falls into one of these two categories. Now, which one is better? That is a flawed question. That's like walking into the car mechanic's garage and say, hey, what's better, the screwdriver or the wrench? Because my neighbor really loves his wrench and it's working good for him. It's a ridiculous question. Whatever tool is going to work for the job you have. And the job you have has to do with leverage. So leverage is where you can affect the most change. So this probably isn't a shocker to anyone, but here's all the secrets. Here's all the secrets. If you are used to watching carbs and you are trying to lose weight, simply cutting a few more carbs out of your diet is unlikely to produce dramatic results. It's going to be marginal. Why? Because your body's already used to watching carbs. If you are used to restricting calories in any way, shape, or form, simply restricting a little further is likely to produce unremarkable results because it's not dramatic enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at where do we have the most leverage and maybe it's a combination. Wherever we have the most leverage is likely going to be the path that's going to produce the greatest result. And it's not a you go down this path and it's once for all time. It's we're going to leverage this tool now until we start to get diminishing returns because we track everything. And as soon as we begin hitting diminishing returns, which is a survival mechanic, your body's going to hit a plateau. That's what keeps you alive. It happens for absolutely everyone. We're going to pivot and implement another strategy and then pivot again and again so that way we continue to shock and force your body to adapt. That is the process of baseline testing. We just start with a very pointed and sharp baseline testing 72-hour period, and then we move into larger, more general reassessing and reevaluating periods as we continue to, to march towards your goal. It's fascinating. There's a lot to unpack there, and it's it's definitely a it's definitely a a, a very thorough process. And, and having been through it, I can attest to everything you're saying. I, I'm curious too. You know, when it comes to achieving our goals in general, something that really stood out to me, and something that I know is it's backed by science. And, and whether you're trying to quit smoking, whether you're trying to develop a new habit or break a bad one, is is there's always this thing that's lacking when people lose. They, they don't fall through on their goals. They don't get to where they want to go. And, and I feel like majority of time, that's accountability. When you get up to go to the gym, it's really easy to turn, press snooze and just turn around and not go. Unless you have someone waiting on you, someone that's going to go, hold you accountable. It's really easy to say, screw it, I'm going to go have a smoke break unless you've got that coworker across the hall or at the other desk who's also trying to quit with you. And one of the things that I think is so crucial to hitting your goal, no matter what it is, is accountability. That plays into your all system in a really, really heavy way. How important is accountability when you're trying to either break a bad habit or start a new routine? I love where you're going with that because that, that's very much our belief system at MetPro. And we have proven out the fact that everything you just said is accurate. It is 
indisputable. You will let yourself down before you'll let someone else down. That's just a, a fundamental human reality. We just react. We respond that way. And so that that accountability factor is huge. And that actually dovetails beautifully into the fifth area of evaluation, and that's the psychological profile. Now, we're not psychologists, but we pride ourselves on being expert motivators because that really is what it takes. But what we've learned, interestingly, is that not everyone is equally motivated by the same stimulus. Everyone is motivated by accountability. Everybody is empowered by leadership and a coach and companionship on the journey. With that said, there is quite a bit of diversity in the style and breed of motivation that really resonates with some people. For example, some people really thrive under a, a highly mentored program where they really feel like they have a support system, someone who's taking an interest in them, someone to pick them up when they fall, someone to really walk hand in hand with them through the process. Others we find, while that always helps, is less concerned about the outside stimulation and more concerned about having someone to teach them the why. In other words, sure, I'll do that exercise. I'll eat that. I'll do what you're asking me. If you can explain to me why you're asking me to do that, why specifically that instead of something else, and then what you're planning on having me do next. Those people thrive under more of a instructor relationship where someone is imparting to them more detailed knowledge and teaching them the why behind the strategy. And then there's the third kind. And I know a few of the listeners are going to be nodding their head going, yeah, okay, I, I, you know, well, at least one of these relates to me. The third kind is the type that, hey, I want to know the why and I want the support and that's all great. But you want me at my best, for better or for worse, I need a challenge. I need to be invited to meet your challenge. And that's a whole breed unto its own. And so what our coaches try and do is really figure out, now it's not going to change the science. The science is very data-driven, but it is going to change the vehicle that we use. I have some clients where I'm like, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to the track and I'm going to run. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do this workout. And here, I'm sending you right now. You're going you're gonna to get it in your app. You're going to get it. I'm going to send you the exact workout I'm going to do. And we're going to do it together. You're going to tell me how much weight you used, your reps, and I'm going to tell you mine. That's that person who wants that companionship and that support. Versus, I give the exact same assignment to another client. Exact same assignment. Hey, here's the workout I did today. Here's the reps I did and the weight I did. Let's see if you can keep up. <laughs> so it, it's the same thing, right? Sure. But it's just how it's presented. And so that's where the art, I believe the art and the, the, of coaching and the science of coaching really comes to play. Something really interesting for years, I was before developing my own company, what I did was I consulted for uh, wellness programs and larger health clubs all up and down Northern California. And what I would do is go in and I would coach anyone involved in their personal training program. And I would actually assign personal training participants to specific coaches. I would give them their meal plans. I would do their overall program design. And then the personal trainers that worked at these gyms would take them through the workouts. And it always, it, it rather, I should say, it never ceased to amaze me how you could have the exact same program, nutrition, workout, layout, program design, and someone could thrive under the mentorship of one coach and struggle under the mentorship of another, even when the program was the same. So it just gives credence. It lends its support to the belief system that the mind and the body are connected and things that motivate us, people that motivate us really do make a difference, which is one of the, the core five things that, that we believe in and we hang our hat on and build our philosophy and methodology upon at MetPro. So I, I am huge on the accountability piece. <laughs> one of the things you said a little while ago that I thought was pretty insightful was, you know, the secret to success is time management. 
And I'm curious, even outside of your fitness goals and, and running a business, obviously, there's a lot of demands in your times, but how do you go about managing your time and managing your routines? Like, what's a typical day for Angela look like? Well, I I don't want to bore you with the details of the, of my typical day, but I want to give you examples of what time management looks like that I think would be applicable for our listeners. So here, like... I have lists of like, okay, top 10 disruptive behaviors. They all have a theme. They're behaviors that are disruptive in a good way to your lifestyle. They all have a theme. They save you time. So one of the examples, and of course, I apply this in my life as well. One of the examples is, can you eat breakfast? That's a simple question. Can you eat breakfast? And if somebody says, yeah, I can eat breakfast, well, then great. Here's what I want you to do. While you're eating breakfast or making your breakfast, I want you to pack some of that breakfast as an afternoon snack. Why is that highly disruptive? Because you can't back out of it and say, oh, I don't have time for that because we just eliminated time as a barrier. You're already making breakfast. You can use the same ingredients or just reach one shelf higher to grab a different ingredient. It doesn't add any measurable amount of time to your day to throw something in a sack, a sack lunch bag, take it with you and you have an afternoon snack. It's disruptive because now you've committed to two things, not one. You've committed to eating breakfast and you've committed to an afternoon snack, which has committed you to basically a structured timeline without even realizing it. Now you're going to have breakfast. You're not going to miss your lunch because when you eat breakfast, believe it or not, you actually have a little bit more appetite for lunch. So now you're going to have your lunch, but you're not going to overeat at lunch because you know you've committed, hey, I promised to Angela I'm going to have this afternoon snack. So you're going to eat reasonable at lunch because you're going to have that afternoon snack coming. So now you've already eaten three times by the middle of the day. So it's unlikely that you're going to have low blood sugar when you get to dinner and accidentally overeat. So at dinner, though you may not eat perfect, you're more likely, you're setting the stage for statistically favorable outcomes in your food decision at dinner, which means that because you've kept your blood sugar stable, you've eaten throughout the day, you're less likely to binge eat on sugar and chocolates and ice cream before you go to bed at night. So one tiny little act has disrupted your entire day in a good way. Time management. Number one reason why somebody will, they will either live or, or die by it. When somebody fails to reach their objectives, it is not a flaw in willpower. That is such a, I mean, it's, you could almost say that it is a statistical margin of a rounding error is willpower. Don't get me wrong. Willpower is something that we cultivate. I, in, in other articles and, and sessions, I talk a lot about the value of having values over goals, having character over willpower, but all of that aside, the time management and your ability to execute on time management always ends up being the deciding factor. And here is why. Are you going to have this? Now, mind you, you're trying to be healthy. You're trying to eat good. You're trying to have a healthy strategy in your life. I'm going to give you two options. You can have this grilled chicken salad. It's delicious. It's freshly made. Or you can have this greasy cheeseburger. And I'm handing you both. Which one are you going to eat? If it was simply a matter of willpower, then that means you'd always go for that greasy hamburger. But guess what? I bet every single person listening is going, oh, I'd, I'd take the chicken salad. I'm willing to, I'm wanting to be healthy. He's making it for me. It's right there. I'll eat the chicken salad. And you know what I found? You know, coaching about 20,000 people is 90% of the time people will take the chicken salad. So then why aren't people eating the chicken salad? because life isn't giving you those two options. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. The boss is calling you. You're behind on your deadlines. You got to pick up kids. You're running late. You haven't even gotten to your lunch. Now your body is You're saying, uh, you got to eat something now or I'm going to revolt. Your blood sugar is tanked. You're starving. And you can just grab that delicious smelling hamburger that's going to cost you a nickel and all you have to do is turn right right into the drive-through not even get out of your car and they're going to hand it to you or option b is you can stop what you're doing in the middle of the day drive home put on your apron get out your chopping board and start cutting and slicing tomatoes and dicing onions now which are you going to do and when you when you look at it like that is it really willpower is it really is it willpower or is it really time management 
Right. That's, a, that's an interesting example. I love how you kind of laid that out. I think I'd probably fall in the camp of eating the chicken salad and having a bite or two of the burger. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Deal. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> I'm interested too. You mentioned something about sleep, and sleep is something that we've dug into a lot on the show. You know, how to have a better night's sleep, what sleep science says around that. But what do you think is the optimal amount of sleep for us to get? And what role does sleep play in your life? I mean, being a business owner, I'm sure you've got all sorts of constraints on your time and things going on. What role does sleep play in all this? Oh man, you've been spying on me. You've been talking to my wife. <laughs> you 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 hit me in my weak spot. So, you know, sleep, I I've, I've struggled with that for years. Even since I was a teenager, I've never was a good sleeper. That said, despite that, I could tell you I function just fine on significantly less sleep than my wife functions on. Just from a practical standpoint, I can tell you that different people need different amounts of sleep. That said, don't use that as an excuse or an enabling. There's nobody out there that, oh, I three hours of sleep a night's all I need. I function great. Yeah, yeah bull crap. This <laughs> <laughs> just God's garbage. Everybody needs at least some threshold of sleep and quality sleep too is so important. And I would even lump sleep in with a bigger category and that is simply recovery. You know, I get some people that are really gung-ho about they love their fitness routines and they sleep every night but you know they just don't give their body rest from from the the battering and recovery recovery and sleep all factor into what your body needs and going back to willpower cravings blood sugar all of that is affected if you're not getting enough sleep uh, and if somebody if we're seeing statistically out of character deviations in somebody's weight history so i want to qualify that like that was a mouthful what that means is if you find that you're the type of person where every day you you could gain or lose a pound you're completely normal. That is everyone. Even people losing weight and on a good trajectory, they'll bounce up and down, up and down. We've tracked people on different regiments and different routines where just hardcore, we know bite for bite what they're eating day by day, how they're training. And even if they're rapidly losing weight or if we have them on a rapid gaining progression, it's always a zigzag. You'll be up a pound or two, down a pound or two. That's completely normal. Now, if over seven to nine days, we know what you're taking in. Metabolically, your body is indicating that it should be in a downward trajectory. Yet, despite some bouncing and minor, minor fluctuation, you're not progressing or seemingly going up when there's no statistical reason for it. One of the first things that our experts will look at is sleep patterns because that will throw off the body chemistry. It'll alter how much. Well, I mean, just think of nights. You don't sleep good. You wake up the next morning puffy. I mean, that's just the common sense stuff. It will absolutely influence water retention, how your body functions, stress hormones, all of those things. So we're always looking at habits that will help you sleep better. So possibly doing a lot of intense brain work right before you go to bed or a vigorous workout right before you're trying to sleep and then scratching your head going, hmm, I wonder why I'm not sleeping so well or simply not having a consistent schedule. All of those things are what we have found to be the largest influencers on whether somebody's getting good or bad sleep. Yeah, I think regularity is really key in there. And then, you know, of course, I think everybody in the world has an issue with looking at their devices before they go to bed, which, you know, science has shown is probably the last thing you want to do. But <laughs> for me, I mean, I was very similar to you. And like, I would stay up till 1am, you know, before I had children, a kid, excuse me, just because I could, you know, and now I yeah. find that I wake up at like 430 in the morning, but I'm in bed usually asleep by 930. Man, Angelo, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. I've got just like one or two kind of last little questions that I want to I want to dive into and then I'll let you go here. But I'm curious, you know, you seem like someone who's an avid learner, someone who's constantly trying to grow, take a look at the science. You know, what book have you read in the past year that's really kind of made you stop and think and had you implement something new in your life? Oh, 
Okay. I'll, what I'll do is I'm going to give you a, a recent one just because I've just recently been reading it. Recently, I have been reading Extraordinary by Michael Daphne and his take and his, his look into how we think, what our strengths are and our vocabulary to express and identify personal strengths and weaknesses is brilliant. And so he is an acquaintance of mine, a friend of mine, and his newest book I have absolutely been loving. So I would give that my highest recommendation. If you're interested in psychology and motivation and how our brains work, you'll probably really enjoy it. What's one piece of homework you'd give the audience listening today to start to implement in their lives tomorrow when they wake up to help them achieve their goals? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. So, of course, anybody is welcome to reach out to us and we would love to talk even if you're just in an info gathering state. But if you were going to have one assignment tomorrow, go home, write down what you're currently doing. If you're participating in a health and wellness, in a fitness, in a weight loss, in a strategy in your life, write down what you've been eating this week and what exercise you've been doing. I want you to take it to someone in your life, not an expert, not a trainer, not a nutritionist, just take it to someone who you think is intelligent and reasonable, show it to them, and then ask them, based on this, what would you guess my goal is? If they cannot give you an answer, reevaluate your priority hierarchy you have to become more specific in your efforts. Man, that's that's some good advice there. I've never thought about doing that. It's interesting. I, I've heard some doing some similar things on how we take feedback and, and how we kind of get a full assessment of who we are kind of as a human under stress, you know, asking people like, who do you think Austin Fable is at, at his best? And having them kind of tell you, you know, what, what you look like at your best because you may not know. But Looking at what you eat, it's it's crazy because, I mean, even for me, I think, you know, I ate like half a cup of candy popcorn last night. Didn't even think about it. <laughs> but like if I had to actually write that down and show it to somebody, I'd probably be like, ah, oh, shouldn't have done that. It's not worth the, not worth the shame. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I love candy popcorn. Is that I don't I'm not one of those guys that I think all, you know, sweets or treats or desserts are evil. I'm one of those guys that says, hey, look, Austin, you called me because you said I want to achieve X, Y, Z objective. And while that doesn't mean never indulging in those things, I'm going to make sure that our strategy is dialed and specific enough to where if I'm going to put my name to it, you better believe we're going to hit those objectives. That's what it's about. I love it. So, Angelo, where can people find you if they want to learn more? Austin, thank you so much for doing this. We're going to do a, a special consultation offer for your listeners. If you go to metpro.co slash success, that's metpro.co slash success, then we'll know that they came in from your channel and we'll give them a free consultation to actually talk with one of our experts. Yeah, it's such a generous offer. I, I can't recommend it enough. Definitely encourage everyone in the audience to at least take advantage of this 30-minute 30, 30 consultation. And if anything else, you know, take some of the things that Angela has been talking about today and enact them in your own life. You're definitely going to see results, and I can attest to that. But Angela, I'll let you go. I know you're busy. It's been great talking to you, and thanks for coming on and speaking with the audience. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created this show to help you, our listeners, master evidence-based growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt at successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T at successpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every single listener email. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should sign up for our email list today by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right on the homepage. There's some incredible stuff that's only available to those on the email list, so be sure to sign up, including an exclusive curated weekly email from us called Mindset Monday, which is short, simple, filled with articles, stories, things that we found interesting and fascinating in the world of evidence-based growth in the last week. Next, you're getting an exclusive chance to shape the show, including voting on guests, submitting your own personal questions that we'll ask guests on air, and much more. Lastly, you're going to get a free guide we created based on listener demand 
our most popular guide, which is called How to Organize and Remember Everything. You can get it completely for free, along with another surprise bonus guide by signing up and joining the email list today. Again, you can do that at successpodcast.com, sign up right at the homepage, or if you're on the go, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes because that helps boost the algorithm that helps us move up the iTunes rankings and helps more people discover the science of success. Don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information we talk about in the show, links, transcripts, everything we discuss, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes. You can get those at successpodcast.com. Just hit the show notes button right at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success.